Jesus' name, amen and thank God. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John. We're going to look at the 19th chapter, just one verse in the uh, 19th chapter, and then we're going to skip over to the 20th chapter. The Gospel of John, chapter number 19, verse number 30. And it reason, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And then if you skip over to 20th chapter, begin at verse number 15. And it reads, Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seeketh thou? And she supposed him to be the gardener. And said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and said unto him, Rabbinon, which is saying, Master. And Jesus said unto him, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I have ascended unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Take for a focus the verse that's in chapter 19. Those three words, it is finished. And for this message, I would like to entitle this message Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Jesus plainly stated that he did not come into this world to do his own will, but he came to do the will of his Father. Jesus came into this world with a purpose and on purpose. And his purpose was not to be served, but his purpose was to serve and to give his life a ransom. The great thing that I love about Jesus is that Jesus never lost focus of his mission. Everything that Jesus did in his earthly ministry had Calvary in plain view. And he had shared this with his disciples on numerous occasions. He told them what was going to happen to him. It is recorded in all of the Gospels that he recorded, they recorded that Jesus told them that he was going to suffer at the hands of sinful men. He was going to be beaten he was going to be scourged. 
that he would be crucified on a cross, that he would suffer the mockings and the name callings. He would suffer at this, the hands of the Roman administration. He prophesied that he would even be betrayed and that all of the disciples would forsake him. He plainly told them. But somehow, some way, they forgot all about it. The reality of the matter is, is that a lot of times we do the same thing. That there are times that we lose focus of our mission as Christians. And we get caught up in the cares of this world. We want the finer things in life. And we really don't want to suffer for anything. And God has called us to a ministry of suffering. Because if you are living and doing Christian and your Christian walk right, there's going to be some suffering. There are going to be some people who are not going to like what you represent or what you stand for. But as being believers on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're to always keep the mission in focus. We're to always remind ourselves that this world is really not our home. Because I believe that's what we get caught up in is that we're trying to get too comfortable in this world and with the things that this world offers us. Because Satan knows exactly how to distract you and get, away, get you away from the mission. But Jesus never lost sight of it. And he made sure that the disciples knew what was coming their way. As a matter of fact, the night before he died, he told them that trouble was on the way. He let them know that, that, that I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be arrested. And I'm going to be crucified. But somehow, some way, they forgot about it. And I, I don't know whether it is, whether it's just human nature, the human nature of ours. To whereas we only want the good in life. These disciples were good as long as Jesus was alive. But when he went to fulfill his mission in which his father had given him, they seemingly fell apart. And I, and I begin to ask myself and, and wonder, what, what, what was it about? Did they, did they misinterpret Jesus' message? Did, did they hope, have their hopes in the fact that, that perhaps Jesus was wrong about his message? That perhaps he was really coming to set up his kingdom right then and there on earth? I don't think they really understood the significance and what Jesus was really talking about in his kingdom. 
Jesus told Pontius Pilate when he stood before him, he said that my kingdom is not of this world. That his kingdom was that of a spiritual nature. And understand the fact that, that the kingdom right now today is of a spiritual nature. We are just sojourning through this land. This is not my home. I got, I got a home that Jesus is preparing for me in the, in, in the heavens. And I'm building that home by how I am attentive to the mission that has been set before me. As I obey Christ and stay true to the mission, then I'm sending up that timber for Jesus to be able to build my house. But it's us staying focused on the mission. The mission is the one that Jesus gave us. The mission is the one that he has demonstrated. Because every Bible-believing Christian needs to be crucified with Christ. What does that mean? That means that's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of commitment. It's a life of loving the unlovable. It's a life of sharing with those who are without. It's, it's about giving of ourselves. That is our, that's our marching orders. That, that, that's what we're supposed to commit ourselves to. The sharing of this good news. The living out of this good news. The demonstration of this good news. Because I believe that we got far too many people who will talk about the cross, but not really live out the cross. And just like Jesus told Peter in the 16th chapter of Matthew, he said that unless you're willing to lose your life, for my sake, you won't be able to save your life. And if you're too busy trying to save your life and live in the comforts of this world, then you're going to lose your life. For what profited a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? So the mission is, is one that is not comfortable. It's not pleasant. This is not, this is not about being comfortable. This is about being real about your faith. A demonstration of your faith. In this text, in the 19th chapter, it's Friday. There's really nothing good about Friday when you look at it from a physical standpoint. Because here we see our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, after giving of himself for 33 long years, after feeding 5,000 with two fish and five barley loaves of bread, after raising Lazarus from the dead and them being testimony to it, them seeing it and testifying of it, it was Jesus that healed the sick 
gave sight to the blind. The same Jesus that turned water into wine and allowed the recept wedding reception to go on. The same Jesus that sat and taught in the temple that on multiple times had to run for his life because his time had not yet come. But he continued to give. He continued to demonstrate the love of God. He continued to tell them the truth of God's word. The same Jesus who had done no sin whatsoever was innocent of all sin. But yet they arrested him. Marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall and broke all kinds of Levitical laws in doing so. But understand at that time, it didn't matter because they wanted to get rid of him. And the reason why is because he had had such a profound effect on the people he had touched. And so my question to you is that, how many people's lives have you touched with your living? How, how, how many people hate you for who you are and how you're living for, for the Lord? Because understand this, that, that, that it's really sometimes the, the folk that you're closest to that will hurt you the deepest. These 12 men that Jesus had poured into at this point in the scripture are nowhere to be found with the exception of John. But they're running scared while Jesus is hanging on the cross. These were Jesus' ride and die However, the reality of it is Jesus is dying and they're still riding. It's a tragedy. It's Good Friday. Jesus has been beaten till you really can't even recognize him anymore. Listen, do you not know that at any moment Jesus could have called on his father and he would have sent a legion of angels to rescue him. But Jesus was focused on the mission. He had the mission right before him. And he dared not turn back from the mission. He was determined. He was dedicated. And he died. But before he died, Jesus made it plain. He tells them that it is finished. And understand that in the life of the believers, there's no greater words than it is finished. In the Greek, that word is one word. Telestas. 
which actually means the debt has been paid in full. It is an accounting term that whenever someone paid off a debt, they would stamp it with this word, telestas, which means that paid in full. Jesus had finished the work of redemption. It had been paid by the only one who could pay it. None of us could have paid for our sin debt on our own. Jesus is the only one which was the perfect lamb of God that paid the sin debt for us. And so therefore, there's nothing that you can add to what Jesus did to fulfill that debt. Well, preacher, what debt are you talking about? I'm talking about the sin debt. That the wages of sin is death. In other words, what we deserve for that one sin, if we only committed one sin, the payment for that would be death. So if you've ever lied before, if you've ever cheated before, if you've ever committed adultery or had lust in your heart before, then what we deserve is death. But we see them, the overwhelming mercy of God at Calvary as well. Because it was mercy that was birthed out of God pouring our sin onto Jesus. When we really should have received that, it was poured out on Jesus. All of God's wrath was poured out on Jesus at Calvary's cross. And not only that, but he also carried all of the sin of ours, both past, present, and future sins. There's some sins, sadly to say, I haven't committed yet. But it's been, it's been covered. It's been covered. It's been washed away by the, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood that flowed from his body washed away my sin. And it'll wash away yours as well. And what it really, what, what it really takes is it's just your, your, your faith. Your genuine trust in what Christ has done. You see, that's, that, that's one of the beauties of Calvary. And the resurrection is that it frees us from the guilt and the shame of our past. Yeah, I still remember my past. But I'm not burdened down with the guilt of my past. Why? Because Christ has freed me from that. And I would today that, that more Christians will walk in the liberty of Christ. That will walk in the freedom that Christ offers you. It makes no sense for you to be free and you still living on the plantation. You've been set free. God has freed us to live a life of righteousness. And it is Calvary 
that is responsible for that. It is Calvary that made the difference, that makes the difference in any of our lives. And if you have not received Christ, this message is for you. If you, if you do not know and have not been freed by the power of God, based upon what Christ has done on Calvary's cross. What a sad life to live. But you can be free today. You, 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 you can be free any day. But today is a good day if you don't know Christ. Today is a wonderful day. The Bible says, harden not your heart. When you hear the word of God, heart, don't heart, don't get hard on me. Let God in. Let him touch your heart. Let him penetrate your heart. Because it's what the heart man believes unto righteousness. In other words, you've got to believe this with everything that's within you. You've got to believe this until it produces new life in you. Because that's what he came to do. And understand that even though the mission has been accomplished, the work still goes on. In chapter number 20, we see our responsibility. And the result of chapter 19, verse number 30. Because early in the morning, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. She goes to the tomb to complete the work that they had begun on Friday. Because of the Sabbath, they did not have time to prepare Jesus' body for his burial. Which leads me to say once again, how soon they forgot. Because if Jesus said that he was going to rise from the grave in three days, what are you preparing the body for? I know it's Jewish custom. I know it's tradition. But if you had been believing what Jesus had said concerning his death, his burial, and his resurrection, you would have been waiting on Jesus to get up from the grave. But here we see, what we see, we see her going to do what's known as a religious act. The reality of the thing is that they should have been out spreading the news and telling folks, hey, Jesus, gonna, he's going to rise from the dead. That's, that, that's what they really should have been doing. But they find themselves coming to do something that had really no importance to the mission. And so they're coming to finish it. But when Mary gets to the tomb, she finds that the tomb, the, 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 the rock that had been placed in front of the tomb had been rolled away. And she found that the tomb was empty. There's a man that's standing nearby that begins to have dialogue with her. Ask her, why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? And so Mary supposes that it's a gardener. And when he calls her name, 
she recognizes that it is Jesus that is speaking to her. And understand, her normal inclination is to grab Jesus and to hold on to him. But Jesus instructs her, touch me not. Don't, don't, don't hold on to me. There's still work to be done. The mission has been accomplished, but there's still work to be done. Jesus' work now will be in heaven and making intercession for us and praying for us. But he gives this woman a message as well, a mission as well. He tells her, go and tell my disciples that I've rose from the dead. Now understand that this is a mission for all of us. Listen here. This is not a license for women to preach. I'll put it right there and I'm going to leave it there. But what it is a license is for all of us to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this is really about. The mission has been accomplished, but we still have to work out the mission. Which comes in the form of the Great Commission. Go you therefore into all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. That is our commission. And our mission is in our commission. Commission means that we come together to do this as a unit, as a body of, in Christ. It is all of our responsibility to let people know that Jesus has rose from the dead. Because if Jesus had not risen from the dead, all of us would still be lost in our trespasses and sin. All of our living would be in vain. All of our preaching would be in vain. And we would still be hopelessly lost. So the resurrection is significant. There is no Good Friday without resurrection Sunday morning. Good Friday was all for nothing if Jesus didn't raise, rise on the third day. We'd still be miserable if it wasn't for resurrection Sunday morning. Jesus came into the world for this purpose. And that's why we ought to celebrate resurrection Sunday morning. Because it's significant in our lives. And it's significant to the mission in which we stand in. So we are to share this. The mission has been accomplished. Now where is your work? Where are your work? Who are you telling? Who are you sharing it with? Mary was obedient. She ran back and told the apostles what Jesus had told her. She told his disciples 
that I've talked to him. And we need to do the same thing. Have you ever really had a conversation with Jesus? Do we spend more time complaining? You, you, you know what the song says, just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. That, that, that's all it takes is a little, little talk with Jesus. You see, Mary was, was good after she had talked with Jesus. She went back and she told the disciples. And the disciples were obedient. And later on, Jesus appeared to them as well. When they were hiding away, Jesus showed up and he said, peace unto you. And as Father, my Father hath sent me, even I send you. So not only does Mary have a job to do, he's telling the disciples the same thing. He said, I'm going to send you. That's where we get the, the term apostle from. Apostle is one that is sent to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of us have that apostolic authority to go out and to preach and to tell the world about a dying, a risen savior. One who died for their sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Because that's really what Resurrection Sunday is about. The reality of the matter is that that's what every day is about. Every morning you get up, you got to get up celebrating what Jesus has done. And he rose from the grave. Every day you should be reminded of the price that was paid for you on Calvary's cross and his subsequent resurrection. Because I'm, I guarantee you, you, you live a more fulfilled life. If you put that at the forefront of your day, that's what God has called us to do. The work still continues. Jesus completed the mission. And now we as his ministers are to carry out the work of the gospel. It's an awesome price that was paid. And I know that I don't need to go to the cross here because I haven't gone to the cross. I'm at the cross. But just in case you missed it, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came down through 42 generations. Yes, he did. Took on the form of a man. Went about doing good. He, healing the sick, raising the dead. A good man, a godly man, the God-man. But all that came in and arrested him, marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall, stood him before Pontius Pilate. Pontius was willing to let him go. Gave the people an option. You can have Barabbas or you can have Jesus. And the same folk that just under a week earlier had said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the come in the name of the Lord. Now we're crying out, crucify Jesus and give us Barabbas. 
So Pilate bowed to the wants of the people. He sent Jesus off to be scourged, to be beat with a cat and nine tail. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Put a purple robe on him. Put a cross on his shoulder and marched him on up the Via Della Rosa to a place called Golgotha. The place of the skull. Calvary they did. It was at Calvary that they nailed him to the cross. When they should have been nailing me to the cross, they nailed him to the cross on my behalf. And Jesus gladly took the nails in his hand. He gladly took the rivets in his feet. He took the piercing in his side. Hung up between two thieves. And he died. Before he died, he let the record be clear. It's finished. The mission has been accomplished. Everything that was owed has been paid. You've been bought with a price. It's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He hung his head in the locks of his shoulders and he died. He was graveyard dead. They took him off the cross. Put his body in a borrowed, man, a borrowed tomb. He stayed there Friday. Friday night and Saturday, all day Saturday, Saturday night, but early on Sunday morning. On the first day of the week, he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. And there's power in the resurrection. Power to change your life. It saves and it changes us. And he's right now sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for us. And every time Satan tries to make you feel guilty about something, you just remind him, Jesus is making intercession for me. Jesus is praying. And he's coming back. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church that is busy about his work. Don't be caught sleeping, sitting down on God. We thank God for it because the mission has been accomplished by Jesus Christ himself. But the work still goes on. We have a responsibility to share this gospel with everyone, everybody. That's, our, that, that's the work that we've been called to. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. Is there one?